I was first introduced to Fangoria as a kid when I found myself in the adult section of the bookstore. Since 1979, Fangoria has been the authority in the world of contemporary horror. What started as a print media company has since become a one-stop shop for horror merch and now a production studio. For being a Your Horror listener, you can stock up on your horror needs or start your magazine subscription with code Your Horror Podcast, or by clicking the link in the show notes below. Get 20% off store-wide with code Your Horror Podcast. Now back to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Unbound and Rewound Horror Podcast, where we dive deeper into every horror book and movie for a closer look at their bone-chilling anatomy. I am Avery, your Queerfully Fearfully host, and today I am joined by another horror content creator like myself. I'm very excited to have them here, but before we even introduce them, make sure you're following me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Your Horror Podcast for the latest horror content and podcast updates such as what to expect for every new episode. Now... The moment we've all been waiting for. Tyrone, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the people? Oh, well, thank, thank you. That was, uh, I'm, I'm just honored to be here, you know, uh, with you today, Avery. Um, my name is The Evil Tyrone. You know, I have my own uh, YouTube channel, you know, where I interview other horror content creators and, you know, have horror discussions and just talk about things going on in the genre and the different subgenres and just just different takes and how people feel about uh, certain things. You know, I've been doing it for a little over a year now. So it's, it's been very, very fun just interacting with the community and meeting people, you know, like yourself, who just uh, all walks of life and just it's, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. The mm-hmm. uh, the the different uh, the different types of people that I've of uh, come across you know uh, on this journey and i i am a witness this the way that tyrone is with uh his platform i actually i was on his his platform before he was on mine uh during my little i like to call it my hiatus my monthly hiatus uh and we talked about my horror views his horror views but i feel like that was more so focused on me and so now the spotlight is on tyrone yeah i'm excited to introduce you all to him and to learn more about his history with horror why he's interested in horror and just his his experience as a horror content creator as well on this podcast we talk about horror all horror except video games just because i'm not a i'm not a big gamer i'm trying to get into it but for now we're just on movies and books so along with being a horror movie lover and watcher are you a horror fiction uh, lover and reader oh yeah you know i've i read a little like uh was it adam adam caesar a little oh, bit yeah, you know, yeah. i dip in i dip into his work and uh also like i'm actually currently reading the uh rereading the demonologist that's one of my one of my favorite you know books out there whatever uh 
it's just I don't know. There's something about picking up a uh, a book in general, but specifically a horror book and reading it, digesting it, and just mm-hmm. letting your imagination go where it needs to go. You know, yeah. to just let it travel. Yeah, I was talking to someone about it. How horror books can sometimes be a little scarier with the sense of with a horror movie if you watch them enough you start to pick up on you know like camera movements and and the way that they build suspense so you know that something's about to come something's about to happen but in a book uh you you can't really the book moves along with you if that makes sense you're not moving along with the book the book is moving along with you so it has that opportunity to kind of to kind of stump you in those suspenseful moments and i that's what i love especially with uh clown in the cornfield is that the book you're talking about for with adam it's the uh the the the, uh, the alien one video oh, okay. vi- video i think it's called video store or something yeah uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure I'm butchering it, but it's it's the it's the one about aliens. It's uh it's called video video store video shop. Yeah. Some, some, yeah. Well, if you like the way he rides, you should check out Clown in the Cornfield because that for I it's a YA novel. Um, it's a series too, but for a YA novel, that thing was gory. Like I was reading it and I was cringing at the way that they were describing some of the gore in the book, but it was really good. Uh, so I, I recommend that to you. Yeah. I heard he made a sequel, uh, uh, part two. Mm-hmm. Part, I don't know if it's out yet, but, uh, uh yeah, yeah, it's friend. I think it's, I think the clown in the like book is called Friendo. So it's Friendo lives. And then there's a third one coming out as well so yeah yeah it is you know what can i say the people love it and you got to give the people what they love (laughs) exactly exactly now you said you're currently reading or you're currently rereading um the demonologist right yes yes all right and then what are you currently watching oh well i just actually finished watching before i hopped on um finished up cobweb you know (gasps) which was uh a fun one just for the just intro for the for the spooky season right you know? right and i saw you rated that pretty high i saw it on your on your instagram yes. story it i cannot believe that the production company that i will not name at this moment <laughs> uh the production company really just let it fly under the radar because I mean, I watched it in theaters and especially releasing it in July was so disrespectful to Halloween lovers and horror lovers. Uh, so anyone who's listening to this, if you have the opportunity, check out Cobwebs because Lizzie Kaplan, Anthony Starr, for all my The Boys fans, what a great movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was definitely a, a great time. Um, I had to check it out because the, the people who were behind it were behind Marianne as well. Um, so oh. if you haven't checked out Marianne on Netflix, it's an amazing series, a uh, French, French series on Netflix. Okay, yeah, so. I think that was one of the kind of like TikTok's recommendations. Everyone was kind of like, "You all have to watch this. It's the scariest thing." It's da 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 da, and I I try to stay away from those because <laughs> I feel like nine times out of ten, I am misguided. But if you're recommending it, I, I'll give it a try. You know, I'll 
Yeah, I mean, I you know, the, sometimes you got to let the hype die down right. and, you know, because people will people will steer you in a lot of directions and you actually see the movie and you're like, oh, this this yeah. wasn't all that, you know, or the show and you're like, oh, this wasn't all that. But, you know, at least it's it's worth at least, you know, just uh, 15. I I give everything 15 minutes. I'm like, all right, if, are you grabbing me within the first Okay, okay, that's fair. That's a fair little measurement you have. Um, and you know, we're horror fans, so I'm going to ask this question because I ask this question to everyone. Um, but what genre could you not live without, whether it was book, movie, or both? Cause I also respect horror fans love other genres and that, that is fine. I guess I couldn't live without, well, I've say both, both like books and movies, you know, like I feel like movies because they take me back to that feeling of being a kid and being in the theater and just the sound like i recently saw uh the nun 2 for my birthday and it was just like i saw it in dolby digital and just the sound Mm -hmm. alone just 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 made me feel it i don't know it just makes me feel giddy you know just being being in the theater and just the lights down mm-hmm. low and even if i'm there alone you know like it's it's still uh, an awesome experience but then i've also got you know books and you know just there's nothing like being in just alone or just chilling and you got the book and your mind's just going and then what i've done in the past like couple years is i've started playing horror soundtracks while I'm reading scary, you know, scary books. Oh, that's yeah. a new one. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I'm going to have to try that out because most times when I'm reading, I'll listen to jazz, which doesn't <laughs> always fit the book that I'm reading. <laughs> either either jazz or classical music, which classical can fit into horror. And I do love when classical music yes. fits into horror. Um, but horror soundtracks yeah i'm gonna look that up on on spotify oh yeah yeah. (laughs) all right so let's get down to the nitty-gritty of your passion your love your history with horror um i think horror means something different to everyone so for you what was it about horror that kind of stuck out to you when you first discovered it i feel like you know, I was because of course I was a little kid and I felt like it scared me, but it was it felt fun to me, you know, because there were a lot of things that mm-hmm. scared me and built up a lot of anxiety or whatever. But I feel like horror had that gave me that tinge of anxiety, but that I could control because I could I could turn off the TV before the Crypt yeah. Keeper, you know, uh, before we get down, you know, the corridor mm-hmm. and meet the Crypt Keeper or you know, if uh, before the zombies uh, start ripping up the floorboards and in the thriller video, you know, I can always cut it off or whatever. So, oh my so gosh, it's yeah. always been like a, it's always been like a, a like a little bit of a release, you know, because in real life you got to deal mm-hmm. with all this stuff, you know, face to face and head on. But in horror, it's like you know you got a little bit of a, an escape and and you can you can kind of live through through the characters. Mm-hmm you know, in the, in the story. Yeah. That's something I learned, uh, in film school. Cause we did, I took a philosophy of film class, but we only spent so much time on horror. And when I tell you that was the best part of the class for me, like I aced every assignment, everything outside of that though, I've failed. But, um, 
it we learned about just kind of like how that anxiety it's a safe feeling which is weird because when you have social anxiety or just general overall anxiety um that's not a safe feeling but when you're watching horror especially as someone who who deals with anxiety it feels nice to be able to have that control over that and get up in the theater and leave and go on about your day and kind of just like feel a sense of relief oh yes oh yes now you were talking about tales from the crypt but what was your first encounter with horror is that what it was or was it a different movie it was a uh, actually child's play too you know child's Ooh. play yeah it was very you know which isn't like the scariest movie but uh chucky aka charles lee ray was very very ruthless and angry in yeah. that movie you know so it just it, it was one of those ones where which I'm, I'm dating myself right now, but this was back <laughs> when we had the VHSs, you know? So mm-hmm. you watch the VHS and then you watch the credits, it stops, and then the VCR rewinds it all the way back and I'm watching it over yeah. again, you know? So Child's Play too. Yeah, I think Child's Play was a lot of children's uh, first movies. I was talking to some friends about it and they were like, they said either Jaws or Child's Play. That was like, their first encounters of horror, which, I mean, yeah, I think everyone, as a as an adult, you watch Child's Play, especially the more modern, like, Chucky movies. Those are not scary. There is not, like, that is just all fun and camp, and I love yeah. it. Um, but I do think, like, yeah, they set out to make a scary killer doll with the first Child's Play and second and third. Um, and, I mean, I was scared. I was scared Chucky was going to pop up on me uh, in my house in the dark, like it's it was a rational fear for the time. <laughs> very, very rational. Very. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I don't have like a a specific movie because it's really hard to pinpoint it. But like I always say, two thousand six is like but the year that I'm like I remember every movie I watched, every horror movie specifically, and it just stays with me in my brain and never left quite frankly to 2006 good year it was a good year it was a good year for horror yeah it was that's the year the strangers came out and you know what that that movie instilled a whole new fear in everyone child adult elderly yeah yes with the trailer alone one question you know why why are you doing this Mm -hmm. one question you know yeah oof i just got chills okay (laughs) So uh, we're both horror fans. It's so easy to say we just love horror, but there are subgenres. And the kind of subgenre that you turn to most says a lot about you. I'm not judging you here, but who knows? Somebody listening might judge you. (laughs) Uh, But what subgenre do you often lean towards? Ooh, um, I would say possession, you know, slash demon, you know, automatically, Mm. automatically. Yeah, I, it's always interesting to hear people say, the people who turn away from those movies who are like, no, I never like those, usually have religious trauma. Uh, yeah. People who, who turn to them makes me, makes me interested in why they enjoy them. Because I, I don't know, I think like for Paranormal Activity, for example, those, those types mm-hmm. of movies, um, 
I think the based on a true story aspect of most paranormal movies have just turned me away. Because I'm like, okay, how many based on a true stories can we have until somebody's lying? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And what's a movie within the paranormal possession genre and then one outside of it that you've loved in the last year or two? Ooh, in the last year or two, um, I would say, well, I recently went back into like the archives in like the 70s and watched uh, this movie called Abby, you know, which was a mm-hmm. possession possession horror of the, uh, the 70s. You know, black woman, she gets possessed by a sex demon. And it yeah. was it was just wild. It was a wild ass concept, <laughs> you know, but if that one was that one was really good um and then outside of the demon possession genre um i would say the the howling you know i watched mm-hmm. the howling maybe like a year ago for the first yeah. time and i really really enjoyed that one you know yeah are you are you saying the like the howling like a wolf uh yes yes okay the, uh, okay yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure before I ask my follow-up question, which is how do you often like creature feature films or do you, are you, it does, do, do they not always pique your interest? You know, I have to, I guess I have to be in the mood. Like if it's done really mm-hmm. well, like something like the howling or the thing, then I'm like, okay, I can jump into it anytime. But yeah, there's, we, as we know, there's a lot of like B movie and C movie, like monster, Ooh, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So I, a lot of times I have to be in the mood, but when I am in the mood, I can just, I can eat it up like candy. I can be like, okay, mm-hmm. let's throw on, you know, Sharknado or, you know, whatever, <laughs> sci-fi original uh cocaine cougar oh, or whatever oh whatever they you know the, we're going uh, the deep in the, the archives <laughs> <laughs> yeah just so, um, something silly i'm like okay you know yeah. because i i feel like i of course we we both missed that era of of the uh the black and white television where mm. you see the big ants like tromping through the uh through yeah. the city and you know the the spiders and of course they have their own like remakes and stuff like that but mm-hmm. just i feel like that there was there was that era where it was just like every the, the whole family sat around the television because yeah. that's all that was on you know you you couldn't mm-hmm. you didn't have you know uh a dvr or streaming services that's all that was on so i feel like uh that that had to be like a magical time for for the genre, you know, back then. Yeah, and especially if you're like if you're talking practical effects, there are a lot of things that go into making practical effects yes. look good and realistic in a film. And if it's not done well, I I mean I can respect it regard I can respect the effort, but I'm not I probably won't sit through the whole movie, and that's just the truth. Yeah. Uh, what's a horror movie that you wish you could watch again for the first time? This might be a hard question, and I understand why. Ooh, again for the first time. Um, yeah, that is a that is a tough one, but I think maybe uh, High Tension. I wish that I could watch High Tension mm. again for the first time. Talk about anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah it was a, it's a fun one it's a really really yeah good one. i always this is one of my favorite questions to to ask people who come on my podcast um which i mean i kind of keep them it's something that i'm trying new but i try to keep them kind of standard for the most part um because it's so cool to see everybody's different answers mm -hmm. and to be able to say, okay, like everyone who's in the horror industry, whether you're a content creator or a film director or writer, or whatever, everyone has different reasons for enjoying horror. They enjoy different kinds of horror. Um, and it's, I mean, a movie that you could watch again for the first time. Yes. Uh, I couldn't even answer that question, which is why I'm asking you and not myself. <laughs> And it's one thing to be a horror fan, but it's another to immerse yourself in the community and to take it a step further by becoming a voice within it, which we both have done. Uh, but what brought you to becoming a content creator within the horror community? And has it opened your eyes to anything that you may have been unaware of prior? Ooh, you know what? Um... That's a great question. I'm loving this interview, by the way. Um, but uh, yeah, I would always go on, you know, every time a horror movie would come out or something like that, I would go on YouTube and I would check out reviews and mm. I would see all these folks that, you know, didn't look like me, you know, so mm. I'd be like, okay, where's where's the folks that look like me who are into the genre? So I just kept scrolling, scrolling, and then I found a few people you know uh zena you know the real queen of horror mm. zero gravity and uh yeah. ivatrees and i was like oh these, these people are in the in the horror and and they're women of color like what mm -hmm. like this is you know because i'm like a lot of times seeing is believing like you don't think that it's that it's you know out there if you're if it's not represented or you're not seeing it and yeah. then i uh i started you know following them and you know just it was just like a it's like a snowfall like a like you know an avalanche like all these horror content creators just it yeah. especially like all these people of color and i'm just like wow this is this is wild and i remember i didn't necessarily know what i wanted to do but i knew that i wanted to like i love having conversations with people interviewing people so mm -hmm. i just started interviewing people that i that i had interest in i was like oh you know you you cut hair you know you sell vegan ice cream you do this you do that so mm -hmm. i would just interview people in my community but then i reached out to a couple of people in the horror community and i noticed like those interviews lasted like two hours yeah. and i was like oh i had the most fun you know doing <laughs> this so i'm like oh this is what i need to focus on but i'm like i don't know if it'll be enough like if i have enough content to keep this going but i was just like screw that just just keep going and then it just it just fell like i just kept meeting more and more people and people mm -hmm. were like oh i i love this and i love that and you know it's just it was just a snowball effect and i was like oh wow this is uh this is this is so fun you know this yeah. is something plus i feel like it's something that's needed you know because there's a lot of folks that, uh, you know, they'll, they'll come on and they'll be like, oh, let me talk about my favorite films or let me talk about, you know, my reviews and, mm -hmm. you know, or my, my thoughts about this. But I was like, uh, I feel like there's a lot of people, especially in the horror community, especially in the community of color and uh, the, the queer community, you know, mm -hmm. who don't 
get people don't really shine they don't really like shine the spotlight on them yeah. like they like they should you know like people are you know they and i'm just like you know you need to be celebrated too like you're you're mm -hmm. awesome you know these these people these people out here are awesome you know so i was like all right there's and that's why i kind of like i'll interview anybody it doesn't matter like where you're from like what you look like or whatever but yeah. i have like a soft spot for women of color mm -hmm. and you know uh pe people in the uh people in the the queer community because i've i at one point i didn't really see them represented to the point mm -hmm. where i didn't even know that they existed so yeah. i was like oh well when you if you do have a platform and you know you have a following make sure that you know you 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 uplift you know you you raise them up because there's a you know you got you got to have visibility out there mm -hmm. you got to have visibility you know yeah. i know i went all the way around the world but yeah that was but honestly that was the best answer you could have given i agree with all of it i think especially in the horror content creator sphere of color and um, of queer identity but also the intersection of queer and black um i think that's a lot of our reasons because we were trying to find people who sounded like us with with similar like experiences and perspectives and we just weren't finding that or if i did it would be one podcast on spotify that their last post was two years ago. And I'm like, I, mm -hmm. this is because I, I very much am like an, an audio visual person more than I will not look up a written review. Assume me. I'm sorry, everyone, <laughs> but I will not look it up, especially on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes because of that exact reason, because yes. most of the people who are like, like Rotten Tomatoes certified or whatever are white straight cis men and mm -hmm. though their person like i mean if you look up for example ginger snaps which i you know i'm covering as we're talking i'm covering it soon but it would have it's already aired anyways um they if you were to look that up on rotten tomatoes all of the reviews on that will probably be men who just don't get it and i don't expect them to get it but their voices should not be the ones platformed on a film made from a female perspective about the women and even queer experience because that movie is very queer coded too um yeah i what a great answer thank you thank you for that <laughs> well thank you thank you for the question yeah all right well now it's time for us to talk about what we came here to talk about okay yes. i asked tyrone to come on to the show to talk about his and like we're just going to talk all things halloween watch list okay halloween watch list there are things that it has to have and it's all subjective okay um and we will kind of lay out what makes ours special to us what we think a halloween watch list should have but either way you have to have a halloween watch list if you're looking to celebrate the season correctly and so that being said, let's lay down the foundation, Tyrone. Yes. In your opinion, what criteria should Halloween watch list follow? Should it be all horror or some nostalgic family movies or a mixture? You know, I think uh something I, I think you gotta have your your really deep 
you know, uh, horror, something that's going to terrify you, you know, maybe have mm-hmm. a few of those thrown in there, but also have some, some whimsical, have some whimsy thrown yeah. in there as well, you know, because we all didn't, uh, start in the dungeons of, uh, of, of a nightmare on Elm street, you know, or, yeah. you know, uh, martyrs like not everybody's you know first first films are the are the extremes Mm -hmm. you know so i feel like you know there's there's a lot of gateway horror you know so throw throw some of that in there and also you know throw some uh throw some some something fun you know something Mm -hmm. fun like the like the tales from the crypt and you know the tales from the dark side you know something something that's gonna that's just gonna entertain you you know because at the end of the day that's that's what it's about 100%. I also think, uh, to everything you said, I just think that it should invoke the Halloween spirit. It should represent October or fall to some extent. And like, I just, I see some people's Halloween watch lists on TikTok. No hate to them, love them. But you can't just put on Hereditary at the function because... (laughs) It just does not give, it does not give Halloween. And the horror movies on a Halloween watch list, they just need, need to give that kind of nostalgia um, that can both be like horror movies and gateway horror. Yes. Yes. I agree. And speaking of functions, you know, let's set the scene for how our Halloween watch lists are kind of going to be displayed you know um do you like to have your watch party with a fireplace on with little caesars on the on the counter with some apple cider like what is your kind of ideal watch party setting Ooh, i think i guess it really depends on who i'm with like if i'm with uh if i'm with like my my girl then you know we got some tacos or some nachos on the side you Mm. know and we're we're uh we got candle lit you know we're watching a movie maybe some popcorn popped Mm -hmm. you know um but if i'm by myself uh lights off you know um headphones on because that is the most immersive experience especially (laughs) now that we have all these streams and you know you can plug your mm-hmm. headphones into your playstation or whatever so i'm just like i've i don't know i just feel like with headphones it's the most that i'm paying attention to anything so i'm not yeah. distracted by oh some someone's yelling in the hall or you know some something's dripping in the faucet i'm i'm tuned in 100 when i've got the headphones in you know in the yeah. lights out yeah I talked to somebody, I don't remember who it was, maybe it was you, uh, about Skinamarink. They watched Skinamarink yes. in the dark. It was you? Yes. And that is yes, insane. That is so scary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, respect to you, but because that move that movie just sets it's just atmosphere and dread and like and I couldn't do it, especially with all the just random loud sounds that hit. I would I would like make myself believe I hear something outside. That's how I am when I'm immersed. Then I'm like, wait, yes. did I did I just hear someone call my name? Did I just hear someone knock on the door? Like, yeah, I it sends me too much into like a disassociated <laughs> kind of kind of vibe. Um, 
And where you have all the lights off, I have all the lights on because not be <laughs> not because I'm scared, but because I'm a big Halloween decorator and I love decorations with lights. So Gosh. all of the decorations have to be up and on. And I need some sort of fall themed drink and dessert, not even necessarily like savory foods, like just desserts. But I'm not a yes. fan of those Pillsbury Halloween cookies. And you know what? Crucify me. That is okay. I'm just so much more of a pumpkin person. So, like, I love a good pumpkin cookie or cake or bread or whatever it is. I'll, I'll eat it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Sounds good. Sounds good. You know, it's, it's so many Halloween-type treats out there, you know, for yeah. people to enjoy. And I'll gladly buy them and try them all. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we've set the foundation. We've set our scene. Now let's get really into the nitty gritty of our lists. I asked Tyrone to come with four movies picked out for this list because who has time to watch more than four movies in one sitting? Um, <laughs> and so will you do the honors of starting this list off with your first one? Not in order. I did not ask for these to be put in order. Um, so okay. just whichever one you, you know, you have. Okay, well, I'm I'm going to start it off uh, with with uh, 2010's uh, The Perfect Host, you know, starring mm. uh, David Hyde Pierce, you okay. know, whom, if you're you're used to watching this man in Frasier, this is not Frasier, <laughs> folks, at all, at all, you know. Um, it's this guy starts off. This guy, he's a he's a criminal, you know, and he's walking through this neighborhood and he's just he's just casing out the joint he's like oh who who do i who can i mess with who can i you know who can i take advantage of mm. and then he just starts going through people's mail and you know he's like oh well he knows if he can go through someone's mail and get certain information he can possibly use that to manipulate so he knocks on this guy's door this guy's like oh i'm just about to have a dinner party and he's like oh well you know i'm I'm, I'm here. I know so-and-so, you know, and mm. the guy's like, oh, really? You know, so-and-so come on in, you know, uh, I'm just getting ready for the, for the dinner party and uh, chaos ensues. There's, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a, uh, I was, uh, I was not expecting what I got mm -hmm. and I was pleasantly surprised and it ended up being uh, one of my favorite annual watches, you know, uh, of the year. So, you know, yeah. and I feel like with with spooky season, like there are your go tos every year, but also mm -hmm. I feel like you know you got to throw some in there to switch it up, but that still bring out the the spirit of uh, of Halloween in, yeah. in the season. So I feel like the perfect host definitely um, brings that brings that out. Yeah, yeah. So. I think uh, for me that one well. To go off of what you said about throwing something in there that kind of evokes the spirit, but like it's not your standard like Halloween movie. For me, that one is Halloween Six, which I know you're gonna be like, that does that's not what I said, Avery. But I promise you, because it first of all, almost every single Halloween fan hates it. Uh, I love it. It's the sixth installment of the franchise. It is the slasher horror from 1995 with Paul Rudd. I mean, hello. And it's six I years. I grew up on that one. 
see that's what i'm saying for a long time this is actually like kind of embarrassing for the long longest time i thought halloween six was the first halloween so i was going around thinking oh i love halloween i love halloween meanwhile no that's i was wrong uh so yeah but i've i've learned since then y'all just uh, please please don't uh take my horror badge away um but the thing about this one is uh it takes place six years after michael myers last touchdown in haddonfield and this is kind of where the concept of why michael myers is out to get his family where michael myers came from that is where this concept just like takes a hard sharp left like you yes. thought you know and then all of a sudden no you were wrong the entire time everything that took place before is wrong um and it's also the last movie of the franchise that donald pleasance was a part of before he passed away and i think he's just as much a part of the franchise as jamie is like i always loved him as dr loomis um and yeah you have that you have paul rudd on top of that there's just like this this like constant orange hue to most of the movie that i just feel like that that right there is fall shout out to halloween six because that's one that i've had to constantly defend you know throughout the years because yeah. it's not bad like everyone says it is like it it had it you know it had its cheesy moments but i feel like there's been way worse halloween movies you know uh out there uh mm -hmm. I, for me personally i think it was it was way better than ends you know i've i've i think they they should have they should have uh went with the curse of thorn and mm. um with with uh the third the third halloween instead yeah. of i think halloween end should have should have dove into the curse of thorn because mm -hmm. i do think it was a interesting concept that could have been fledged out to become better than you know how it was initially perceived um but mm -hmm. now it's just kind of like in the in the ether just lost <laughs> and for your second one Ooh. uh what what do you have to give Ooh, to us? for the second one i'm gonna have to go with a uh, 2020s uh spell you know starring uh omari hardwick and uh and loretta yeah. divine you know which I didn't really know what to expect, but it was, uh, it was, mm -hmm. it pretty much creeped me out. And these, I guess these movies, my picks, uh, today on the podcast are picks that I chose because these are situations that I would never want to be in personally myself. <laughs> um, so, you know, Omari, he's got a family, beautiful family, and he's got, he's, for some reason, he's got a pilot license. He's like, all right, I'm going to, fly mm -hmm. everybody to this place or whatever then something happens you know plane gets gets struck they they land in this uh this this they land on this island and some stuff happens you know with uh with voodoo mm -hmm. and just a lot of spookiness you know and i feel like the just the whole atmosphere you know like there's yeah. just being in a village with people that are un that you're unfamiliar with, there's a sense of danger. There's like an element added, uh, kind of it, kind of reminiscent of like misery, you know. Um, when mm -hmm. when you know he's uh, he's shackled to the bed and everything, and then you've also got the heat. And I don't know if it's just me, but people sweating is just 
it's just sweating yeah. in horror like at least at least like don't don't have me be uncomfortable and in horrific situations right. at the same time you know so it was just the heat and you know the the un the unsettledness you know of everything and also loretta divine you know which i she's no stranger to horror but yeah. what she did in spell i think is probably her her best uh you know performance for the genre so far mm -hmm. you know so I've, i really want to see her do more more uh more acting you know as far as in for the genre and omari didn't do a bad job uh himself as well you know and so i feel like if you if you're into like uh that whole you know someone's trapped in a town and you know they they kind of don't know what's going on and you don't know if they're having like a mental like psychotic break or you know you don't know if this mm -hmm. stuff is really going on and you just you just like people tied up in a, in a room and you know just if you're <laughs> if you're into that if you're into that type of horror like i think some i was on uh uh rainbow frights podcast i think last night and she was mm -hmm. she had actually named there's a certain genre for there's a subgenre there's a name for this subgenre um of people just in a room or just horror taking place in one in one spot and i feel like that's like another one of my favorite subgenres so spell yes i highly yeah. i highly recommend spell everyone check that out for the uh the halloween season i love if it's isolation horror if that's what you're yes yeah yes, i isolation horror. love it especially when it comes to christmas time those isolation oh. horrors those go hard i love yes. them especially the lodge if you've seen that um and if you haven't check it out yeah you do because i think you would like it and it's also uh there's some religious themes in there too like cult religious themes in there um but you said this movie you said spell came out in 2020 yeah 20 2020 yes yeah i feel like i remember seeing it but then i never checked it out but i yeah loretta divine when she's in a horror movie when she's in any movie but horror specifically yes. she it, rent is due bills need to be paid and <laughs> she is going to deliver yes yes um so my second movie is a hard turn from that one it's actually an animated creature flick from 26 or not 2016 2006 uh monster house oh wow yes. i feel like this one doesn't even need to be explained because if you're listening to this podcast you should have already seen it but i will give you the benefit of the doubt if you haven't uh, but as soon as you get off of this episode, you need to run and watch it. So it takes place in 1983. You have three tweens uh, who discover that their neighbor's house is really a living, breathing, scary monster. But no adults want to believe them, as horror adults usually do. And like I said before, Halloween is a very just nostalgic time, as is Christmas, too. Um, and so this movie is very nostalgic for me. I saw it in the theaters when it came out and it's one of my gateway horror movies. And I feel like it aged very well, like the horror elements and the animation too. Cause sometimes when you watch those older animation, like animated movies, it's not always the best, but like this one, I feel like the animation still lives up today. And it's something that 
I can enjoy as an adult just as much as I enjoyed as a kid. So I just, yeah, that is a must have. And you like, the movie opens up and you are immediately like, there's orange and red leaves everywhere. They're talking about Halloween. There's that monster mask that Chowder has. And you're just like, oh, this is Halloween. Yes. Yeah. Yes, most definitely. I couldn't agree more. Monster House was awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And to see the people, I never even looked at the cast list, but I was looking at it today. And to see some of the people who um, were, who like voiced the characters, like for Mr. Nettlecracker, uh, Steve Buscemi voiced him. And I'm like, wait, no, because that actually makes sense. Like listening to it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see that now. <laughs> Yeah, I, no, I can totally, I can totally see that. Like, it's his, his voice is all over there. Yeah, and it's a very distinguishable voice too. Yes, yes. All right, so for your third movie, what do you got? Ooh, for my third film, you know, I'm gonna go with uh with animation as well. You know, um, one that I feel like is borderline, not even a children's movie. You know, I'm gonna go with Coraline. Mm you know cuz it yes! is so it is so such a nightmarish scenario mm-hmm. <laughs> cuz you got you got this <laughs> little girl and you know she discovers her other parents you know her other mother mm-hmm. and her her other father and i don't know I sh- and it might just be the animation and the way that the story is told but it was just very like something something very like unsettling and bothering mm-hmm. like it's something very nightmarish especially like when her dad's on the piano and he's and he's playing and i'm just like oh yeah this this isn't right this isn't mm-hmm. right like turn left turn left <laughs> get out of here you know and i i feel like uh, and it may be blasphemous i know you know a lot of Coraline has like a huge following you know and it was just uh recently in theaters again mm-hmm. i think for for like a day but uh i would love to see a live action you know mm-hmm. done right done yeah. right you know if it was done right i wouldn't mind seeing uh that in in live action mm-hmm. yeah. i think it it could translate very well to live action too um claymation for me has just always scared me it doesn't matter whether it's a horror spooky movie or not like uh what's that one movie chicken run if is that the movie that movie scared me because of the claymation (laughs) uh (laughs) i don't know why and i still refuse to watch it but Coraline was one of those that you know gateway horror and just so uh so good i really fought in terms of whether i should put that one on my list or monster house so i'm glad i didn't so that you you had the opportunity to bring it to the table Oh yes, oh yes. Well, I'm, I'm glad we're we're in sync. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in sync, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and just to mention, have you seen the house? Have you seen uh, the house on Netflix? Because that no. That's another and that's an animation one that I I would recommend to you. But okay. if you like, if you if if animation creeps you out, check out check out the house. Okay, we're going for traumatizing Avery. Woo! <laughs> no, I will. <laughs> I'll add it to the list. <laughs> Um, so my third movie will be Trick or Treat. This is from 2007 and it is an anthology horror. Now, if you know me personally, or if you've just listened to any of my 
October Halloween fall episodes. I mentioned this movie at least once in every single one because I love it so much. It's an overall slasher, but you still have monsters with practical effects and a little bit of paranormal activity going on. Uh, And you have five interwoven stories that occur on Halloween. So there's a prince, like a high school principal who is really a serial killer. You have a college virgin who might have just met a guy for her. Um, A group of teenagers who pull a really mean prank on this girl they keep bullying. A woman who just hates Halloween um, and has to kind of contend with with her holiday obsessed husband. And then a mean old man played by Logan Roy himself. Uh, he, wow, I, when I, first of all, pause. When I found out that, I can't remember what his name is now. It's Brian something. But um, on Succession, Logan Roy, the guy who plays him, was he plays the bus driver. And I had to make a double take. Because I said, first of all, Logan Roy, this really mean old man. I mean, I guess they're both mean old men. But one has a mullet and the other doesn't. So, uh, (laughs) but I love that he's in it, Uh, but he plays a bus driver or a very old bus driver who meets his match with a very demonic supernatural trick-or-treater, aka Sam, and I feel like this movie has everything that you could ever want out of a Halloween movie. It's not just a slasher. It's not just a creature feature. It has all of that and then some on top of that. And you have Sam, who might as well just be the mascot for Halloween because he'll kill you if you don't celebrate the the holiday right. And I think that that is righteous. I don't know. Maybe I'm alone on that feeling. (laughs) No, you're not. You're not. Sam Hain. For the, which, I mean, these aren't, these are not in order, but drum roll for the last movie on your list. Drum roll, please. All right. <laughs> so uh, the last movie on my list, um, which is a staple, you know, uh, it mm-hmm. actually was released uh, in 1988, uh, I think September, mm. September 9th, it, which was actually a day after I was born. You know, so I always, wow. I always like claim it. I'm like, yeah, you know, it was, it was my era, you know, but, uh, <laughs> night, night of the demons, you know, 1988's mm. night of the demons. Um, it's very, it is like the quintessential Halloween, like haunted house type movie for me, you know, a group of teenagers, mm-hmm. they're all, you know, just hopped up on, you know, just teen teen angst and you know just like oh let's <laughs> let's go to this party and you know let's let's drink and you know have sex and you know just do do what teenagers do yeah in the 80s right. rock let's go <laughs> you know and then they they go into the house and you know little do they know that the house is inhabited with with a bunch of demonic spirits you know, and mm-hmm. one by one, you know, just it just it starts to get a little crazy, you know. And as yeah. a kid, and even as an adult, like honestly, if I have the lights off, the prosthetics in this film were mm. done so well. And also just just the just the look, just the 
the feel, the atmosphere, you know, the music. Cause I'm, I'm yeah. a big fan of like the, the eighties, eighties horror music, you know, like the, the synths mm-hmm. and you know, all, all that's all that right. jazz, you know, I just, I just love, give me, give me eighties cheese and horror. And I'm, I'm sold, especially like late eighties where we had that eighties feel, but also like glimpses of what the 90s would be like you know so i feel mm-hmm. like uh that's it's just it's one of those perfect perfect horror slash halloween movies for me night of the demons you know check it out yeah i feel like the 80s there were a lot of movies where you had a group of teenagers going into a place and usually not coming out alive mm-hmm. uh one of my favorite examples of that is waxworks yes. which have you seen that yes. okay great i'm so glad somebody else knows it because i watched that movie i found it on on demand when cable was a very prominent thing and like i should not have discovered it but i did and my life was forever changed um but it's always these teenagers in the 80s they just love to go into into places secluded secluded places yes and they learn their lesson (laughs) oh yes but 80s horror big on the um really big on the the sound because i i think that it can add to the cheese for sure but at the same time there's like a level of like um like thrill to the music too especially when you have a good chase scene in the 80s and you have the synths and and just like that that standard 80s music then it's like oh i'm like i shouldn't be excited right now but i'm excited (laughs) exactly exactly it adds to the it adds to the to the vibe you know uh Mm -hmm. into that i don't know i feel like it it kind of gets under your skin you know to the to the point where they you know because people who are really into music, they know like you play certain, uh, certain sounds and certain vibrations, like it'll, it'll affect the, the human, the human uh, senses different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely am a big fan of music, um, of sound in movies, but I, I think I enjoy just like more dramatic music. So like, in cobweb for example how dramatic that music was i love the build of the of like the percussion and brass and all of that um now this fourth movie that i have is the epitome of a halloween movie fairly new 2019 it is a creature feature but also an anthology an adaptation from a book and that would be scary stories to tell in the dark and if you haven't read the books well i think it's just one book but if you haven't read the book um or seen the movie it takes place in 1968 in america and uh, you have these kids who discover this book that was written by a girl named sarah she has terrible terrible secrets and she kind of just writ like wrote all of her confessions and and feelings and memories into this book that is broken up into several different chapters but each chapter unleashes a different kind of monster or creature onto this town um and it's just 
it takes place on Halloween. So obviously great Halloween movie. And I think it's also not so intense for people who don't like to get scared, who don't like, you know, super horror movies, who just, you know, like the kind of occasional sit, suspense building, few jump scares. But like the biggest thing in this movie that I think that makes it scary are the monsters themselves. Um, And there, I mean, those monster designs are good. I don't know if they used practical effects um, or if they used digital, I I don't know, but either way, those monsters were good. Um, And I, I watched it a few years ago. I think it was like around the time that it came out. I actually haven't watched it since, but I do think it makes for, yeah, it makes for a really good watch party movie specifically. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's like, that's a great, that's a great pick. That's a great pick. Thank you. I haven't even read the book, so I, I don't know what the books entail or what the book entails, but I do want to, I want to give it a try because I do think, uh, I think it might actually be scarier than the movie. I have, I have a theory on that. You mean, so. you mean the, uh, the, what, like, I, cause I grew up on the books, like scary stories to tell in the dark, like one through three. Yeah. And yeah. they're just, they're just like, you know, short stories, short, uh, urban legends, you know, like they, they're still terrifying to this day. Like I'll yeah. still put the, uh, the audio book on and, uh, I think it's on somebody uploaded it on YouTube. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. pop that in and just, you know, just, uh, just get some nostalgia, get some nostalgia in my veins. Yeah, I love urban legend horror. I I don't know. I don't know if that is a subgenre on its own, but I I use it all the time because I love horror movies based off of urban legends, like um, the spider coming out of coming out of the face, like getting bit by a spider, but it's really just like embedded in your skin. I remember seeing that. Um, so you have the urban legend movie that came out in like 1999, 1998. Um, and then you have urban legend Bloody Mary, which is a whole other one. And then there they have um, the kind of like the spider urban legend. And I remember seeing that for the first time, hated it, but also loved it at the yeah. same time. I, I asked you, you know, I, I said you don't have to rank them. Um, but if you had to rank one as your number one from the list that you have, uh, what would it be? Ooh, it would, I mean, hands down, it would have to be Night of the Demons, you know, because mm. it, it just, out of all of them, I mean, they all, they all are nightmarish scenarios, but till this day, Night of the Demons will still scare me. Like I will... Like, even though I can talk and be like, oh, I'll put my headphones on, cut the lights off. But if Jalise mm-hmm. is here, I'll do that. If I'm by myself, yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm I'm watching yeah. I'm watching King of the Hill if I'm by myself, you know, in the, uh, <laughs> in the dark, <laughs> you know, so Night of the Demons yeah. for sure. You know. I think I think it's cool that that movie can still kind of have that kind of power over you because. I think when we think of 80s movies, particularly, yeah, 80s movies, uh, 70s, and like early 90s, now I think they're viewed with a sort of cheese factor to them. Um, But 
the fact that something like that can still kind of scare you and give you that that same effect and an emotion that you had when you first experienced it is really cool oh yeah oh yeah this one hurts me because i love both of the movies that i would that i like was in between for choosing my number one but i have to go with monster house i yes i love 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 trick-or-treat but monster house to me outperforms all of the ones i listed when it comes to fall vibes horror and nostalgia and it's great for people who don't like horror necessarily but they still want that that thrill and that that like halloween vibe and i feel like monster house is it is there it is it's that one oh yeah can't go wrong with monster house it's, it's a top tier you know uh movie plus it's not you know too scary it's not too scary for the youngins mm-hmm. you know the youngins can come in you know so. yeah i just think i think gateway horror which i mean we talked a little bit about i think on um our conversation that we had but gateway horror is one of my favorite subjects because I mean, when you're watching it at the time, you're just like, oh, this is such a great movie. This is so fun, so cool. And then it's like, it's literally like a drug. Yes. You you watch it, then you're like, wait, okay, but this isn't scaring me anymore. This isn't thrilling me anymore. I need something more. <laughs> and then you just progress and progress and progress until you're watching Hereditary. <laughs> um, and and what, a, what a great pipeline, you know, Monster House to Hereditary. Yes. I wouldn't, I don't regret anything. That's hilarious. Um, and so have you, as we're talking, listeners, uh, we are talking right now in September. But when you're listening to this, it is October. So it is completely reasonable uh, for Tyrone to not have... Uh, had a halloween marathon yet i can't say the same for me have i had one yes um but have you planned your halloween marathon yet and if so are these movies that we talked about on it oh yes i have definitely planned my halloween marathon um i'm still finalizing the list Mm -hmm. you know uh i would say night of the demons is definitely going to be on there um and the perfect host is going to be on there this year but i think i'll you know switch switch it around a little bit i think uh this year i'll probably throw in night books mm. which is amazing if you guys haven't seen night books check it out and the uh uh a rewatch of the autopsy of jane doe yeah. you know, i'll throw that in there as well you know. yeah uh i watched there's a movie with bailey madison that came out this year actually called play dead Uh, And it reminds me a little bit of the autopsy of Jane Doe, not entirely, but um, she finds herself inside of a morgue because she has to get a cell phone. And it's just like all about her trying to like get what she came in there for, trying to escape. But then she also finds out that they're running a black market underground like organ thing and yeah. It was surprisingly good. Um, it was so you you can either go very well with those or very bad. Uh, but yes. but I think uh, oh oh my gosh! And that reminds me when you were talking about spell, 
the way that you were describing it, it sounds like like a new age black exploitation movie, which I love. I feel like we've seen kind of a resurgence of that. Um, I recently watched Bones, the Snoop Dogg movie from like what was it, nineteen ninety seven, um, and. I mean, you have Pam Greer. Pam Greer is almost in every single New Age black exploitation movie that you can think of. Um, but I do love kind of this reclaiming of that genre that was once just kind of used um, negatively against us in some ways. He has uh, one called Cinnamon. I don't know if it's still on there, but if you haven't, if you haven't checked it out, it's if you haven't heard one. of it, you saw it. Yes, yes, Pam, Pam okay. Greer. Yeah, yeah, that was good. And then uh, I think Damon Wayans is in it too. Mm. That one was funny. <laughs> wow, they did yeah. they did really good with that. Um, and to wrap up our conversation, okay, uh, it is Halloween after all. So, do you have any Halloween traditions per se that you do every year? You know, uh, we'll go to like haunted houses, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, of course I've got to go to the store and I know there may be people who feel away, but I've got to get my candy corn, <laughs> you know, I'm a part of the <laughs> candy corn tribe, you know. Honestly, um, yeah. Candy corn stands rise up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're here. We're here, yeah. you know. Um, and yeah, just, and every once in a while, like I'll do, um, uh, ghost hunting you know especially like if i'm mm. out camping or something like that i'll do yeah. just a little bit of ghost hunting you know but uh yeah just just try to i try and keep in the uh in the spirit like but now that i'm in the horror community like it's mm -hmm. it's fun just meeting up with people and being like oh you're throwing this party you're you're doing this you're doing that you know i know yeah. um zero she does like her her party you know every year down in new york mm -hmm. or whatever so i'll probably be uh probably be rolling down in new york again again for that yeah are you gonna are you gonna be here for a comic-con comic-con uh not for the comic-con but i definitely am gonna make the trip for the after party you know um, okay that's yeah. honestly yeah because that's what i'm doing i uh well, I was trying to see if I could get a pass from work, but they are ignoring me. <laughs> and I, you know what? I understand because in my email, I said, I would love to volunteer and help out. I have open availability, except on Sunday, because I really want to see John Carpenter. So <laughs> I understand why they're ignoring me, <laughs> but I just wish that they would help help my dreams come true. Yes. Um, but yeah, the after party, I will definitely be there. So I'm very excited to meet you in person yes. and a bunch of other people who I just kind of see online a lot. Um, and I, I mean, my Halloween traditions are changing because I recently moved to New York. Um, so like every year I tried to make a, a trip to Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando when I lived in Florida, and I still am. I'm going there uh, like the second week of October, so, yes. and I'm excited. But there's also a lot of like haunted houses and horror attractions in the city, so I'm excited to explore those too. Um, but I gotta make a trip outside of the city for a good pumpkin patch. I don't trust that New York can that the city can host a very good pumpkin patch so i will be taking the train somewhere upstate somewhere in jersey 
uh, and, and trying my luck there. But so many, so many Halloween and, and October plans. Are you the kind who do you like to dress up? Do you go all out? You know what? Uh, I used to, and then you know there was there were years when it was just like you know I put a, I throw on like a Halloween tea or a horror tea or whatever. <laughs> but you know now that I'm starting to interact with the community a little bit more, you know, uh, I'm I'm like all right, we gotta we gotta we gotta do something. We gotta we gotta change it up. Mm-hmm. We gotta you know we gotta we gotta show out. You know. Yeah. So. No, especially I don't know. I mean, on their flyer. Uh, they didn't say that the after party was like come in costume, but I would hope that people are because I want to. Um, <laughs> I'm I plan at least two outfits <laughs> every October because I have to have one that's covered in blood, and then I have to have one that is just like one that I really want to do because sometimes the ones that aren't covered in blood. Um, are, are the ones that I like really am excited for like uh, uh I can't remember what her name is <clears throat> but the character in Wendell and Wild um okay yeah oh my gosh I want to dress up as her for whether I really want to go to blurred con so I really want to dress yes. up as her if I if I get to go to blurred con next year um or just any con like yeah that's the goal BlurCon is the con to go, especially because the horror community, like we was rolling deep. We mm-hmm. was rolling deep through that con. It was, it was, <laughs> it was a time. It was a memory that I will, you know, forever have. And I definitely look forward to uh, making more of this this upcoming, you know, BlurCon. Yeah, and listeners, if you're unaware of what BlurCon is, because trust me, I only learned when it was happening. Um, BlurCon is literally a con a convention for black nerds so imagine if you are an anime fan a manga fan a horror fan a video game fan anything that you're a fan of that you once got called a nerd for this is probably one a very safe space for you and two like literal heaven for you um and it takes place in is it virginia or pennsylvania i can never remember ever it's like on the outskirts of Virginia. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it's in Virginia. Um, so make sure you look into it and see if you can go because it looked so much fun. I was getting serious FOMO, even though, like I said, I didn't know it even existed until I started seeing people post about it. And I said, oh, wow. Okay. So that's going to go on my bucket list. <laughs> oh, yes. It's a 24-7 party, you know, just Ugh. insane. Wow, sounds great. Well, um, that is the end of everything I wanted to talk to you about that I planned to talk to you about. Um, I hope that my listeners feel like they know you as a horror person and as a content creator. Um, And I hope that they also take this as an official introduction to you so that they can go and follow your content. Because let me tell y'all, Tyrone's content is really good. I was just telling him how I respect his just like his passion for learning about other people because I have a bad habit of not asking people on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter their thoughts on things. I'm just like, oh my gosh, y'all, I love this movie. You really need to watch it. And that's it. 
So I'm going to try to adopt a little bit more of Tyrone's method, but if you want to contribute to horror conversations um, and opinions and, and meet other black nerds like yourself or just other horror content creators, make sure you check out uh, Tyrone's content. And where can they find you? Oh, they can find me on YouTube, you know, at The Evil Tyrone. You can find me on Instagram, uh, Twitter slash X, you know, and uh, TikTok. You know, I'm trying to be a little bit more consistent, you know, on, on the TikToks, you know, and uh, <laughs> get my get my content out there. But yeah, you know, I'll be I'll be I'll be around, you know, just uh, floating around at a lot of these uh, horror events and stuff like that. But yeah, just just follow me and thank thank you for inviting me on the show. And this is honestly yeah. one of my favorite interviews that I've that I've uh, you know as far as someone you know interviewing me so far. Like yeah, you really had some awesome questions and it was well paced, you know, and you really know how to deliver like your delivery is on point so oh my gosh thank you so much oh not me crying i just love hearing people's like feedback on how i interview because it's something that i really only started doing recently i think the first like official interview that i had um was Bomani J's story for the angry black girl and her monster. And I was terrified. And then ever since then, I just like have tried to get a little better. Um, but I, I really just want to make it a personal like conversation and experience because at the end of the day, like I, as much as I want my listeners to get to know you, I want to get to know you better as well. I want to get to know everyone who I interview better. And I don't want it to just feel like some monotonous, like, you know, what's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> what characters do you like? Like, I want to get, I want to get deep into the genre, the important things to talk about. And I mean, that's really what my podcast is, to be honest. It's, I don't want to talk about just my thoughts on a movie. I want to talk about the queer coding the black identities the black tropes like that is what the horror genre is for me um and i am so grateful that i could have you on the podcast i'm grateful that i could kind of return what what i feel like i got from your um you asking me to come on your platform and of course i loved that that interview that i had with you and so i'm glad that that we feel mutual on that yes. and i hope to have you back i don't know i don't know what for yet but i'm sure Listen. we can find something to talk about always i'm i'm always down to talk horror you know and i love every time i come across your content you know especially on tiktok super consistent super consistent uh you're you definitely you definitely uh supply uh some inspiration you know for me as well you know so. well i'm glad because i sometimes do that while i'm on the clock and i hope nobody <laughs> at work is listening to this because that that is how i remain consistent <laughs> i am guilty but i'm i'm glad that i can offer that to you um and i mean yeah for people who like are full-time it is a kid's app so it's like for a full-time working adult yes. with and lives it is hard to be consistent and to run a platform 
all by yourself. So the you know, and a lot of our mutuals, that's what they do. They they run their platforms all by themselves and yet just so dedicated and and like active and present and passionate. And I feel like I have so many people to look up to. I mean, we talked about it on on like our interview on your um on your stream, but like zero. I look up to her yes. so much. Um, I look up to um, Girl That's Scary, like those, yes. you know, those two. Um, and I, I mean, the whole like blurry, blurry massacre, massacre. Um, all, you know, all of them. I just, I love the community, and I'm so happy to meet more of of everyone. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's that's what it's about. You know, just getting to mm-hmm. know each other and you know, just uh, uplifting each other, especially, you know, uh, poor content creators of color, you know, because we're just, yeah. we're out here. We out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? Before we end this, I have to say, I, this is me kind of, kind of spilling right now, but I saw this video of this horror fan um who was like i hate jordan peele and i was like it was okay so you know stony the great who's on tiktok yes yes love his content so this horror content creator stitched his tiktok and was like these are my unpopular horror takes list all of them out whatever gets to the last one i hate jordan peele it's too politically driven it's too um racially motivated I said, this is why we need black horror content creators because uh, I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> no, it, it it people out themselves, and I've had a, a few people out themselves while while you know I'm interviewing them as well. It's it's funny. Oh gosh, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we are just. I feel like the black horror fans, content creators, are just filling the space that we are creating for ourselves. And yes. I hope that we can continue to attract the audience that needs us and and is looking for us. And on that oh, note, yes. thank you so much, Tyrone, for joining me tonight on this conversation. And thank you, listeners, for always supporting me, always tuning in and listening. Um, And I hope to catch you next episode. Bye. What's your PhD in black cinema, Sister Soldier? Listen, I read my entertainment weekly, okay? I know my shit.